0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your own podcast to the next level or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start hustle is the perfect place for you as part of the program you'll receive personal cover art q a's with blue wires top podcasters access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that will help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So when you're starting from scratch, or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Trust me, folks, this is a great program. I know this because I literally work on Blue Wire Hustle in my role as community manager at Blue Wire. Come check this out immediately. Apply right away. Acceptance into, into the program is limited, so get that app in today. To apply, just go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join.
2: Blue wire.
3: NBA most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob.
1: Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, I am Ty Windish. I am here with the ubiquitous Rohan Kadi to break down the Bucks' season so far. We recorded early last week. Somehow they've played five games already. Um, we're recording right after the second game of a back-to-back against the Miami Heat. The Bucks lost this game 119-108, to but they won the night before 144-97. to But we have a lot to talk about, so let's get right to it. Rohan, how's it going?
2: I'm doing well. Ubiquitous is a fun word. I like that. I like, I'm like. i going to add that to my lexicon.
1: Please do. I, I th- I'm pretty sure I know what it means. So, um.
2: Sure, I do too.
1: <laughs> so I guess, I mean, to start, I want to talk about the Miami games a little bit. I don't want to go game by game. I think that, um, I don't know if anyone wants to hear like a, a several minute breakdown of the Celtics game at this point, because it was, you know, relatively so long ago, but what are your overall thoughts on the season as a whole? We've seen five games from this Bucks team. They are 2-3 and three after two ridiculous blowout wins, one ridiculous blowout loss, and two pretty close games. I don't know. I guess if you had told me that before this all started, I would have gotten the games wrong, like which one was which. But I don't think I would have been shocked at that result in, in total.
2: No, I don't think I would have either. In fact, I think this regular season so far has gone maybe exactly how I wanted it to so far. Yeah. Uh, I know we've talked uh, before the season about how I wasn't really looking for wins in the regular season necessarily mm-hmm. from the Bucks. Obviously, a win is a good thing. Uh, you never want to lose. But if you have some losses along the way, it's not really a bad thing. And We're going to dive into this during this episode. But what I've seen from the losses, what I've seen from the wins is exactly what I've wanted to see so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, exactly. Maybe a little too optimistic. I wouldn't say exactly, but I will agree with you. A general in that, themes. General yes, themes, say that. yes. I think there's been some good things. I think there's been some fascinating things. I mean, I, I just think it's a little confusing. Like I I, didn't, I, I mean, I, I think it's natural, right? I, people are just getting so caught up in – The individual game results, which is fine. But I think the way to approach this season is like, it's a bunch of building blocks. It's 72 building blocks that the Bucks get to build something that can win a championship. And they're not there right now. Clearly, I don't think anyone should have expected them to be there. I mean, there's so many teams. Miami, a good example. Although they were without Jimmy Butler both games, but there's so many teams that have more continuity than the Bucks. Almost every team has more continuity than the Bucks. Working 27 in
2: twenty-seven of them do.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, and especially like even beyond just minutes, like working in a new third best player who is like really like no one. I want to say the Bucks have played with since in like this Chris Giannis era. I mean, like. Malcolm Brogdon, probably the closest just level of, of talent wise, but I wouldn't call them very similar players on either end. Um, and of course, you know, Dante DiVincenzo kind of making the leap. That's something I'm really excited to talk about. I hope NBA stats update soon so we can get his up to date numbers. They got a little worse, but still. Um, but yeah, I, I think. I'm looking for things that we see that are different. And not just like, oh, now Drew Holiday is here, although I've been looking for that too and and having great fun. But I think there's specific things that I've liked. And like you mentioned, we're going to dive into that more in a little bit. I, it's funny, this Heat series, because I was kind of ready to be disappointed with this second game tonight here on, I think, Wednesday night. The holidays have my sense of time Wednesday. warped. It is Wednesday, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I think it's Wednesday, yeah. It is Wednesday,
2: my dudes. It feels like a Tuesday-slash-Friday yeah but it's a Wednesday
1: this is like the the lame duck week of the year right like it's
2: the lame duck week of the year during 2020 so everything is messed up
1: and everyone is just like please let's just get there let's <laughs> just get there let's just get to Friday when it's a whole new year please um and that'll be nice for sure but yeah but I didn't think that I thought this game was gonna be a stretch and I know Jimmy Butler is out and of course without their best player you should probably win but Torrey
2: Craig was out you know cancel <laughs> each other out
1: <laughs> that's true uh, DJ Wilson people are concerned might be injured I don't think he is I just think Tenasis took his we have so much to talk about. Oh. let's just let's bounce around to specific things we've seen just from players and then we'll go into stri- schematic things so what, what players should we go to first let's bounce around
2: so if we're doing actual change like we're, we're already talking about it might as well stay there Tenasis uh, is a part of the rotation now it seems Some like. people
1: hate it. How do you feel? I'm, I want to know how you feel before. I don't okay, want to influence so you. Okay,
2: so he's not a great player. <laughs> I, I agree feel, on great, for sure. He, he definitely has a lot of holes in his game. He definitely has a lot of flaws. He has a lot of weaknesses. However, those things aren't going to get fixed if he's not playing. Right? Otherwise, if he's just going to be on the team as a, just a cheerleader, that serves no purpose. However, what he does do... He actually brings a lot of defensive energy. Yes. He brings a lot of defensive energy when he's on the floor. That's something that DJ Wilson as great of a probably better defender than Thanasis, is. He's not bringing that sort of intensity especially against a team like Miami where you need that sort of intensity on the defensive end. DJ Wilson's not going to be giving that to you. The Gnosis is. He's going to get He was out-grifting Kelly Olynyk. Like, he was. I don't understand how that's even possible. Uh, but it's just, it was striking to see him check in in the first quarter, even though it was, uh, I'm talking game one of Miami here. Uh, it was striking to see him check in in the first quarter. It was already a blowout at that point, but it was still, it was still really weird to see. And then he comes out again in the second game, which is actually a close game. And he comes in, uh, not technically clutch minutes, but in the fourth quarter when it's a close game,
1: like. Yeah, I mean, I think that was—I'll call that garbage time. I mean, it was close, but ah. no, he came in at the beginning of the court. He came earlier. He came in a little earlier. You're right. They used him as the primary defender on Goran Dragic, which I found fascinating.
2: They would; those two were going at it in the third quarter.
1: They were. They were. Uh, I mean, Goran Dragic, was winning
2: that battle. Yes,
1: like, <laughs> they, in, until the last foul, Gor, Goran drew. It was kind of a wash, which is just amazing, in my opinion. Like that, the fact that it was close it for a little bit. It shows
2: that because Thanasis was getting into battles with Goran Dragic and Kelly Olenek. just complete opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of offensive player, which shows his defensive versatility.
1: He's honestly been quite a bit better on offense than I expected to, which is not, again, like, don't misconstrue this and me saying, like, he's very, very good. That's probably a stretch, as much as I like Tenassus, but he's playing much more controlled than we, especially, like, with the herd. He would just take every single shot, and that's kind of what I expected from him when he would get in games here, but I think my favorite tenassis thing he often is sharing the floor with Chris Middleton and he looks for Chris Middleton. Like he is always like, if he's beyond the arc and Chris is too, he's getting that ball to Chris. I mean, he made his first NBA three in the first Miami game, but he has been deferring quite a bit. I think he had four or five assists in that first Miami game. Maybe not four, maybe three or four. Um, But still, I think he's an aggressive rebounder. I think he's a better rebounder than DJ Wilson. I think quite honestly, he might just be more useful than DJ Wilson, who's kind of like, like you mentioned, the energy, like DJ kind of drifts in and out, you know, go for a rebound, you know, maybe take a three, maybe drive, not very well, whatever Tenacis is doing, he's doing it with full intensity. And listen, the the biggest hole in the team right now is that basically Giannis backup spot, right? Like the backup big wing. I think I think we're getting more to a point where Bobby Portis is clearly the backup center and like Yeah, I think just we're, pa- we're past
2: that point. He's the backup. Thank goodness.
1: Center. Thank goodness. Like I don't like Bobby Portis at the four. I very much
2: like Bobby Portis. I thought you were just gonna stop at Bobby Portis, then I realized I was talking to Ty Windish about that yeah, about I was gonna say <laughs>
1: I was going to say, I want to talk about Bobby at some point too, but I, I think the two guys really up for those minutes are right now are Tenasis and DJ Wilson. We'll see if Jordan Wara, I don't know if he's big enough. I, I certainly don't think he's either of the rookies are trusted enough, which I know is driving people crazy. I don't think that's a very surprising thing, but they look good in what we've seen. Um, but I don't think we're there yet. I, I think Tenasis is probably played well. I think it's too early to say he's outplayed DJ Wilson just cuz neither of them have played a ton, but I think he's at least put himself in the conversation as the best option at that specific position.
2: Yeah, I I can't say we've seen any evidence against that at this point realistically. I will say though, Sam Merrill, he is uh he's literally never missed an NBA 3. So,
1: yep, that's back. true. It's yeah. true. And, and listen, both of those guys look a lot better than I expected. I I think I don't. We haven't really seen them go up against top competition. I think no, that will change.
2: That was just in jest. <laughs> no, I
1: know. Well, I, they do look better than I expected oh, for of, pick forty-five sixty.
2: Yeah, for two second-round picks on a championship-contending team, they look pretty darn good. They look like they can absolutely shoot the heck out of the ball, which is what this team always needs. You can never turn down any multi-dimensional shooters, which it seems like these two could be. It's just, it's too early. Yeah. Let's go to Tanassas' brother. Let's talk about Giannis.
1: I, <laughs> I find. That's a funny
2: way to refer to Giannis on a Bugs <laughs> podcast. <contest. laughs> uh,
1: let's talk about, I don't know. Who's your favorite NBA player? Tanassas' brother. Um, oh, Costas? Um, I actually. Alex Giannis isn't had... in the NBA yet. Come on. No, Costas is. Alex, though. Oh, yeah. I said Costas. I know I was I was continuing the joke. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I didn't I didn't click it at first. Um, Giannis's play. I think a lot of people are really hard on Giannis. I don't think he's played particularly well. And again, I would love to have season stats okay, NBA so stats. I'm going to stop you right there.
2: Oh, saying he hasn't played particularly well. While that may be sort of true in one respect, I think you. are getting that a little misconstru- misconstrued he's not playing well for what Giannis usually does correct if that makes any sense oh yeah yeah, yeah. if we're he's... talking just general scheme of things he is actually playing pretty darn well
1: <laughs> yeah 21 11 and four assists in less than 30 minutes coming into uh the miami game or, or the second miami game where i believe he scored 26 tonight yeah
2: yeah, which is insane considering he had like 10 points or something or six points at halftime, I think.
1: Yeah, he turned it up in a big way. And and listen, I think people look at that six points at halftime thing and, and draw conclusions, but I don't think they should. And this veers a little bit in the schematic stuff, but I think that's still a different conversation. He's been looking to find shooters much more deliberately than I think we've ever seen before. Like he's probing into the initial parts of the walls on defense and just waiting like just waiting for somebody to be open and when they are Giannis finds them right away and I think that is in itself a counter to the wall and everybody wants Giannis myself included wants Giannis to you know suddenly become 36% from three and have a nice post fadeaway his post game looks awful right now I'm not gonna not gonna say it doesn't he certainly needs to work on it and find more ways to score but Those passes are their own adjustment, and after literally setting an NBA record for made threes in that drubbing of Miami the night before— Again, Giannis didn't score a lot, but certainly was, like, those threes are so open and they're there because of Giannis. I mean, he's not always on the floor, but when he is, like, that's why there's so much room for shooters is because defenses are so concerned with Giannis. And now tonight he comes back with a triple-double, 26 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, 3 steals, 1 block, 4 turnovers. Again, a lot of those assists are three-point shooters. The Bucs make 16 threes, so not an NBA record, but they do shoot 39%. I think Giannis has gotten a lot better at that. And that's something to be excited about in itself. Like, his complete game is not to where we are expecting it to be. But if he does find that groove again, scoring, and he keeps up this facilitating, it's going to be the best version of Giannis we've ever seen.
2: This is what this team was meant to be, realistically. Because you have, uh, the the idea is that you surround Giannis with shooters, so the defense has to either pick between letting Giannis have uh, basically an open path to the rim, if it's not all five guys converging, or just kicking it out to open three-point shooters. In the past, Giannis has seen those four or five defenders and said, I'm going to go to the rim anyway, but I'm making hand motions right now. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and... So, like the defense, the defense wins in that situation because Giannis isn't making the correct read. Now he's just making the correct read, and now you're in the defense is in that ac- actually in that position now where they have to oh shoot, are we going to pick between Giannis getting to the rim or contesting these open threes? And right now they're contest- they're not contesting the open threes, and the Bucks are making them. This is what this team was meant to be.
1: Yeah, and I think there was a lot of concern before the year about and i i'm ready to transition do you have any other i mean i guess one last honest thing before we move on do you have any concern that the his struggles scoring are gonna continue all year i don't personally
2: i don't because i think the defenses are gonna start to flex the other way they're gonna I, realize that that they can't give up this many open threes <laughs> so they're just gonna have to uh sort of alleviate some of the pressure they're putting on Giannis and that's gonna get Giannis going right to the rim again. Andy this is the freaking two time MVP. Yeah. Like, come on. Like let's not get her this isn't like a rookie out here like transitioning from the college game to the NBA game. He's been here, he knows what he's doing. He's faced all these teams, all these defenses. He'll he'll get it going. It's we're five games in.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it's not like we don't have a large sample size. I I think for the second reason, even more than the first reason, I'm also confident he's gonna turn it around. Well We'll have a longer conversation on that if we're another week or two in and, and he's still having like nine point games. But there was literally one of those he, he, and he followed scored twenty
2: six points tonight.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. Um, but it's it's a it's a topic. People are talking about it, so I, I at least had to broach the question. But I'm course, also not concerned. I, I just it's five games in a shortened camp season, a lot of new pieces. One not new piece who is playing like a whole new piece. Dante DiVincenzo. I
2: actually... You could have um, gone two places with that. I'm glad you went Dante. I went Dante. Oh,
1: I, oh, I, I think the next one's going to be interesting. Um, But 5 for 14 from the field tonight. I thought this was probably Dante's worst game this season. He lost a lot of backdoor cutters. He missed a lot of twos, although he still made three of his seven threes. And that right there is really what I want to talk about because... Uh, unfortunately his proclivity to miss at the rim reared its head again in this game which hurt the bucks a couple times but dante has been a legit three-point shooter in like literally every game it's not gonna hold up i mean he's gonna have some bad nights everybody does chris did tonight and we should talk about chris but he's just been like really freaking good we'll probably we'll probably talk about chris but dante's shooting are you buying it and if so how much does that change the Bucks' calculus like this season in your mind?
2: I'm buying the shooting because the shot has always been there in terms of the shooting yes. motion. Yes, Nothing has yes, changed yes. in his Correct. shooting motion. He has not reworked his shot at all. It, they're just actually going in for once. It's almost like that transition that Brandon Ingram made. I'm not comparing the two players. Ooh. But in the sense that the shot never really changed in terms of mechanics, they just started going in more consistently. And that's what happened to Brandon Ingram last season, and now he's an actual legit shooter. It's just, it's it's one of these things that happens when you get to stay in the league for a little bit. These They just come along. Like, if you're a naturally good shooter, like Brandon Ingram in college, his entire life, he was a good shooter. It just didn't translate in the NBA at first. But as long as you keep working at it, keep working at it, it'll it'll come. He's a good shooter. Dante could be the same way. That's why I'm buying them.
1: I agree. I buy it too. And here's the other reason I think Dante and I think the Bucks as a whole are just going to look like a better shooting team than last year. They're working inside out more. And that comes with the honest thing. Like I think, and I I don't know, there's probably numbers to prove this. I don't have them available to me at this moment. If someone has them, please send them to us. But I just have this feeling that when you take a three-point shot as a result of a possession where the ball never travels – into at least within the arc really realistically near or in the paint and and then it comes back out to the shooter i think those threes are like twice as good and i'm sure it's not that but maybe it is that twice as good as threes where the ball like kicks around the perimeter and then just like goes to the first open ish kind of shooter like I just think there's something to it where those inside-out threes, I'm sure they're probably more open on aggregate too, they just feel better. And that's part of the honest thing. Like playing as that distributor from the, the kind of high post area, I think that's resulting in guys getting much, much better threes. They're more um, open when you're yeah, working inside-out.
2: Because when you're working like perimeter, the defense knows you're trying to swing it outside the perimeter. That's how, that's how Toronto's defense operates, Like as yeah. an example. You, they anticipate where the passes are going to end up, where the possessions are going to end up, and they scramble ahead of time, and so that's easier to do uh, when you're swinging it around the perimeter. When you're making these cross-court skip passes that I've seen Milwaukee making so far this season, where you have like someone at the elbow, I've seen Drew Holiday, I've seen Giannis do that, and then they throw it to the opposite corner. The defense can't. The defense can't anticipate that. Because you could either go to the top of the arc, you could go down low to the post, you can go to the near side corner, and but the most difficult pass is the far side corner. And if they're making that pass, what is the defense supposed to do? It's it's extremely. It, the the shot quality is much better when you work inside out.
1: Does it feel to you like they're throwing more of those, like, all the yes, way across? Yes, yes. I feels like we're tweeted,
2: seeing a lot of those. I tweeted that, like, a couple, I think it was a couple days ago. Yeah, yesterday. Uh, <laughs> uh, days have no meaning. Nope. And I've just, I've seen a lot of those. And you know what it reminded me of, Ty? It what? reminded me of Miami. Ooh. I think they looked at a lot of the film, that what Miami did against them, and they sort of, started to implement them because the type of passes that they were making especially in that first miami game it kind of looked like they were giving them a taste of their own medicine
1: yeah i that's a great i had not thought of it like that i must have missed your tweet if you included the miami thing but that is that's a great comp they do they feel different we keep teasing the schematic stuff it's going to end up being a letdown before before we get to the break who was the other player when I was mentioning Dante? Oh, Chris. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's exciting too.
2: Yeah. He, he's, he's looking like a – he's the same piece, but he's looking like a new piece. I'll say that. Yes. The second and- half of this game uh, did not help his shooting numbers, but I had a buddy of mine tell me uh, that every time Chris shoots the ball now, it's like assumed to go in.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, those first four games, he was purely on fire. I think pretty handily the Bucks' best player through those four games. Nope, no Giannis, question. Giannis snatches the mantle back. This time, Chris shoots three for 15 in this game, 0 oh for 4. What I like, though, is that we got to 15. Like, we've had conversations about Chris before. I think the Toronto series, maybe even it was. Maybe it was bench the Bucks where, like, oh, a, no. a close-ish game ends and Chris is like, Two for seven or three for eight or something like that. I believe so. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. What? I believe so. It was the Toronto series. I think it was. Yeah, and I just remember being like, I'd like go three for fifteen before you go two for seven. Like the Bucks need him to keep shooting. He does tonight. They don't go in. It happens. Chris, being Chris, he still manages to add seven rebounds and nine assists to his eight points plus a steal. He seems a lot more confident. Like, I think he's a little bit better, too. I think he's a little more spry, as we've talked about. But it seems like more than ever, he is realizing how good he is. And I think that alone is kind of elevating his game. Like, he looks a lot less self conscious out there.
2: Yeah, he definitely does. He looks like he's taking more of a superstar role on this team. Yeah. You see, you even saw that in, like, that. Uh... That one uh, clip that was circulating for the second the second Miami game where him and Giannis are arguing on the sideline. Yeah, like you're not I love seeing, that. You're not seeing that from Chris last year, the year before. Oh, I loved it. I it loved. Was it. Great. Did you love that? I, I did. Love that. I loved it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jim, Jim and Marcus were loving it too. Oh yeah. Well, All and then the cap. first play after is a Christianis alley oop. Yeah, that's just it's a beautiful sequence. I don't know if like I Marcus was talking about this, uh, but. It's like, did Bud design that after he saw them, like, getting into it? Or was that just those two reading off each other in the game? Who kn- Who's to know? Uh, but both of them would be great outcomes.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I think the Bud thing would be even more exciting.
2: Yeah. So you, you have Chris taking on a larger role this season. And he's playing, like, an alpha when he's realistically a beta, which is oh. incredible. <laughs> I, just, I don't <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just I don't love that you called him a beta. I feel like the connotation for that is I know what you mean, but it just reminded I don't know. I I just thought of a lot of funny like conservative memes that people joke about. Let's let's move on. Um I really like what I've seen from Chris. Um there's going to be bad shooting nights. I love that he kept shooting it. Um I love that he's stepping up. I think he really needed to. And I was a little worried honestly that if anybody on the team who should be shooting more shoots less because of the drew holiday edition it would be chris i'm glad we haven't seen that i do want to talk drew in a second and what we've seen from him but first folks let's talk about how 2020 blissfully almost over has already reshaped how we work and like i said it's almost over Businesses across the globe are challenged to be the most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring you only pay for what you need you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts and now indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on indeed match your job criteria and you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job this means indeed is the only job site that can move as fast as you do 73% 73% of online job seekers, that's roughly what Chris Middleton's field goal percentage was before this game. Uh, but 73% of those online job seekers in the US visiting Indeed each month are according to ComScore total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit. To boost their job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try indeed out with that free $75 credit at indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Offer valid through December 31st. So tomorrow, go quickly. Terms and conditions do apply. And folks, the NBA is back in action and football is heading to the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures. All day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's talk Drew. Boy, is he fun. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's some things that, there's some nits I feel like. I want to see him probably even a little more involved on offense, but... I don't think we can start off talking about Drew Holiday and not talk about the impact he makes on defense, the outsized impact.
2: Oh, of course. It's just, it's, I don't know how to describe this without sign, sounding completely hyperbolic, so I'm going <laughs> to not I'll send these takes into the ether. Uh, but it's it's just lockdown defense, I'll say that. I think the way and I've seen some good comps
1: made to like football players to really put this in, in in like in perspective, but like he's an impact defender. Like I think there's there's levels of good and even great defenders. Like there's defenders who are like always in position and make it really hard to make shots, and then there's defenders who like ruin your day, take the ball away multiple times per game, like just shut things down. And I think Drew is that. And I think, and I don't mean to throw shade at at Eric Bledsoe, but I do feel like it's worth saying. I said it already on Twitter and, and in the Discord. I want to say it on the podcast. You know, people are saying, like, oh, it might be a wash defensively, but Drew is probably better offensively. Both parts of that are ridiculous. Like, at five games in, Drew is way better offensively and he is better defensively. I don't think it's a wash. I think that's a nice thing to say to, you know, not not seem like you're taking shots at a guy on his way out or whatever. Drew is better. Uh, and I'm interested if you agree with that. I know Bledsoe did the buck stuff really well at getting over the screens. That's all fine and good i just think drew is better
2: and i don't think it's oh that's not a question super close it's, okay it's not it's not a question <laughs> realistically there's nothing that eric Bledsoe on a basketball court there's nothing he does better than drew can you tell me maybe one the thing? screens
1: maybe just the screens maybe that one thing I, so i'll he's give better at being smaller yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> cool
2: <laughs> if that's the uh. one thing sure I mean, yeah. okay, in all seriousness, like Eric Bledsoe, great defender, impact defender. He's he's really good. Drew's just better. <laughs> he's just better at everything. He uh, – God, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, there was a <laughs> sequence in this game where Dragic was sort of getting uh, – he was getting going. Right? That's when him and Thanasis are going at it, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so what does Bud do? He's like, Drew, go go, neutralize that. And what does Drew do? He starts picking him up full court and just shuts him down. First possession, I think, that Drew's in the game. He forces him out of bounds on the baseline. Just dude, Eric Bledsoe's not doing that for you. <laughs> you know, no. you don't it- have a guy where you can just say, hey, make that guy not score anymore. And he's like, okay, and he does it.
1: Well, and, and that, that is certainly part of it. Also, just like, it feel, I can't believe, I think after this game, he's averaging just about two steals a game. That feels low. It feels like he's getting his hand on a ball. He's getting like, a lot of deflections, I'll say that. Once a quarter, he's swiping, at least knocking out a bounce. And, like, even that, like, it kills a few seconds off the shot clock. The offense has to reset. Like, it's just demoralizing. Like, I tweeted today, like in the next Saw movie, make one of the trials. Like you're in a locked warehouse with a basketball and you have to dribble past Drew Holiday to get out. People are dying in there. Oh, People uh, will die no, in that I, warehouse.
2: You, I, if I'm in that warehouse, I am not making it out alive. I'm because punting what, the what ball am I going to do? Out survive a professional NBA athlete? Like, because there's no way I'm dribbling past him. No. What, not am, a I, chance. what am I going to do? I'm mean, Offer him money? I don't ever <laughs> Drew Holiday money. Like. <laughs>
1: Uh, um. Yeah. Uh. He's sees so good. And what's funny is I said I wish he'd be more active or, or more involved. Uh, I mean, offensively, coming into this game, and this was a down game. Only four for fifteen from the field. He finally missed two. It felt like he made every single two. Um. But he's coming in. He was averaging more than seventeen points a game. That's going to drop a little bit. Honestly, around seventeen in the regular season, I'm probably fine with. I'd like to see his, him shoot his more. His numbers in the are going to
2: drop in the regular season because he's the third banana. Now yeah. On offense. Yeah. So you're not really going to get the consistent shot diet that he has previously in his career. You're going to see a drop off. This happens with every third guy in every trio in NBA history. Someone someone takes the hit in their regular season numbers and it's going to be Drew Holiday.
1: Man, did you know how good he was attacking the rim? No, he, no he's idea. He's just... Like, I remember we called George Hill the stabilizer. Oh Drew my is that times like a billion. Oh, like, my again, God.
2: We've, Drew, excuse me, George Hill was a stabilizer. I'll say that. Drew, he's just on a different level, man. I did not watch enough Pelicans games. No. It honestly my feels
1: goodness. like all the best stuff of Hill and Bledsoe combined and then better. <laughs> Except, like, I mean, Hill was a better catch and shoot three point shooter for sure. But Drew is a lot better at three point shooting than I thought
2: too. I mean, he's did above you say in the first 37%. Miami game? Given the entire Bucks team was just on something, yeah. Uh, but he was he was just coming down the court, just hitting step backs in transition like it's nothing. And he is such his release is so compact; it's it looks effortless.
1: Yeah, and I think that's another, and I don't want to harp on. Like, I'm really not trying to be harsh to Bledsoe, but I think it is important to look at the ways they differ
2: because, like, Bledsoe would take five seconds loading up his shot, thinking, eh, "Is this what I want to do?" And the defense is just standing there in the he just wasn't a shooter no like it's like
1: Giannis I mean Giannis sometimes kind of looks like a shooter now uh like (laughs) two years ago Giannis and like not he's not good now still but like at least now his release I think is a little better especially from three two years ago Giannis when he'd kind of just sit there and waggle around a bit and then let it go that's more like Bledsoe like defenses like you mentioned don't really respect it trust me when Drew Holiday is pulling up or getting he's taking a lot of catch and shoot threes too like the way he shoots, the way he carries himself, and just his rep around the league, defenses cannot afford to just like oh whatever. Like no defender in the NBA is seeing Drew Holiday get ready to take a shot and shrugging it off. That alone is a huge difference. Like that's meaningful. That opens up the offense that's in a big way. That's
2: taking the biggest weakness from this team and pull it, putting it into a strength.
1: It's hard to emphasize enough how much of an upgrade this My truly goodness, is. My
2: goodness, he's good. <laughs> so good i just i get stuck given we've only had five opportunities in like actual meaningful basketball games to see him play but i just sit there just you know watching the game and i just sit there in awe like man this isn't a dream he's actually here <laughs> we never thought it would be possible no
1: um it was worth it it was who who should we go to next i feel like i've steered it for a little while what are you Who who do you have takes on
2: who do i have takes on I have takes on Bud. I feel like we need to get oh, to Bud. Let's get here. Yeah, let's get here. Because I want to get into more schematic stuff.
1: I do too. And and the other guy I thought we probably should touch on. Uh, we'll do we'll do Portis. I'm sure later. I mean, people know I'm excited. We can talk about Portis and do. Oh, we Einstein. can do, we can do Portis quick. No, no, on a later on a later episode. Oh, okay. We don't need to get to him now. But I, Brook Lopez was the other guy, and I think he's kind of caught up in the Bud conversation. But go, go ahead.
2: So, what we talked about leading up to this season after the Miami loss in the postseason and, you know, just subsequent postseason losses is what needs to change. Uh, especially coming off the Toronto loss in the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago, we saw that there was just – they got outmatched. They uh, Nick Nurse just ran circles around Bud, and that was that. And then we came back in the regular season for 1920, and nothing really changed. The team stayed the same personnel-wise. The systems stayed the exact same. That's not the case this year. They one, they have basically a whole new roster. <laughs> and two, they're trying things, Ty. They're doing yep. what I want. Like I'm i I'll give Coach Bud credit here. They are trying different things. So I know I know people like Zach Lowe have pointed this out, but one thing they're doing a lot. And just offensively, more than they did a couple of years, like in these last two years, is there's always someone at the dump-off position, like the dunker yes. spot. Yes, Always someone there, especially when Giannis is driving to the lane. So you have someone always there. The, the thing used to be like, oh, dunker spot George Hill, like Dante in the dunker spot. That would happen like two times a game, and they would get a good look out of it. Now they're, uh, it's not just, obviously George Hill can't be there. Uh, mm-hmm. But Dante's there. You have uh, Bobby Portis there. You have Chris Middleton there. You have Brent there. Big yeah, Thanos area. Yeah, Thanasis had a lot of uh, time in there tonight, and he got, some, he got a big dunk out of it uh, in the second game against Miami tonight. So you have these variations offensively, and just one – One more thing offensively is they're getting Giannis the ball in different spots along the court, which is something that made me very happy because that's something we've wanted. Like you and I have both wanted that we've been hype. We've been hyping up like Giannis getting the ball at the elbow. Like there was one possession. I think it was in the third quarter or the fourth quarter of tonight's game. I can't remember exactly where Giannis caught the ball, uh, at the right elbow from a Chris Middleton pass at the top of the key And what he immediately does is throw like a behind, like a a pass to his, the corner that's behind him for a wide open three. Like you just, you have so many more angles when Giannis is coming, when he has the ball at different spots on the floor rather than just at the top of the key facing up. And they also had uh, a possession or two in the first game against Miami. Where Giannis was sort of working along the corners, and he missed it. He airballed a three, basically mm-hmm. the first time. And then the second time, he just caught the ball and in motion, and like just drove to the rim for a layup, like. That's what we've been wanting, like Giannis catching the ball in different spots, not necessarily bring, being the primary initiator every possession, because he doesn't have to be anymore. Chris Middleton has a bigger role. He's ascended in terms of playmaking, and now they have Drew Holiday. So you don't need to have Giannis just facing uh, facing up at the top of the key every single possession and then running into that wall and then going through it, not getting the foul call, and then you know the other team is scoring in transition. That's not happening as much anymore, and I love to see it.
1: Yeah, those two, Chris and Drew, are combining for more than 11 assists per game right now, and I honestly wouldn't be shocked to see them get up to 12, the way Chris is kind of settling in. Chris is starting a lot of possessions this year, but I think we've seen a lot more ball screens than we have in the past. We haven't necessarily seen as many of Viannis rolling, which I'd still like to see more of, partially, I think, because we are seeing him do so much other stuff to your point earlier about maybe the Bucks stealing some stuff from Miami I think we've seen more Giannis dribble handoffs than we've seen before I think that's been something we've seen a little bit more of that intrigues me I'd like to see again even more of that um, certainly I think there's been more motion the dunker spot has been utilized I think offensively I really I, I think they're getting there there's still some hiccups they're still getting used to some things I will say I like that not enough of it today but I like that Portis has been used a lot as a pick and roll finisher in is like four or even five bet bench player lineups. like uh, we talked about it before the season we we're, we're feeling good about it now. the DJ Augustine Bobby Portis thing is like it's Woo. it's something it's Woo. something. And that's like those two play pickup over the summer, like every they summer. Must like have. my they goodness, must have. but I will say, related to that, we haven't seen as many five bench lineups as I would have expected. We've seen them here <laughs> and there. Um, we still see them too often. So I, I don't even know. Like it's they feel a little rare. I I think I don't know if it's like. Bud just trusting Drew now more to kind of lead lineups and, and not trying to save all the starters. Like we've seen some drew and four bench guys. We'll see like Dante Brooke Lopez and three bench guys, which I still don't love that. I still would like to see one of the big three, but at least you have two starters. And usually someone like DJ Augustine, who's basically like, like as steady as most starters, although his game against the Knicks was truly abhorrent, but so is pretty much everybody's, um, I, I do think we've seen more staggering, though, which is another, like, another one of those things where it's like, I don't want to trust you. I don't want to trust you, bud. I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing, though. I'm liking what I'm seeing. And I, I do think before we get to defense, like, I, I made the point again after the some game, maybe the next game. I can't remember now. Like, I still thought it was the right – and we agreed on this podcast right here that, you know, after the Miami series – should have been Darvin Hand coaching. It should have been Bye Bye Bud. It didn't happen. We're here now. I think I think there's a lot of still anger about that decision, which like totally fair, justifiable, justifiable. I don't think you can let it eat away the whole season. And I mean, I talked about how hard it would be to kind of enjoy this season. I've been proven I've been proven wrong. Like immediately, I've enjoyed this season a lot, even though they're two and three. Like I think there's been a lot of cool stuff to see. Um, and I do think he. we're seeing the right signs. I'm not all the way there on, on trusting Bud, but we are seeing the right signs.
2: I will say also, uh, given a lot of the season numbers, the averages are a little thrown off because there have been blowouts in both directions in a majority of the games so far. But the Bucks have played two close games, right? Like uh, close-ish games, I'll say. Tonight against Miami and the first game against Boston, right? First game against Boston, uh, Chris is playing 37-plus. Giannis is playing 36-plus. Tonight, uh, Giannis plays 38. Chris plays 37.
1: Ooh, great call out. Great call. I that's a think lot. That.
2: That's a lot more minutes than they usually play, even in close games in the regular season. Bud would cap them at around 30, which is their season average. That's that's not happening right now.
1: Second night of a back to back too, and Drew plays 34, but he also got to four fouls pretty early in this one, so I think he might have been up there too.
2: Yeah, great and even in the in the Boston game, Drew led the team in minutes, 38 and a half. Wow, this this
1: was actually I didn't hate the rotation except for that one. There was that one bad lineup to end the first quarter that kind of cost the Bucks their lead. Yeah, we it was like saw, what
2: it was. Bryn Forbes, Pat Nassus.
1: I think it was the only all bench lineup. Um, I think was Bobby out there too. Probably. It might have just been the five bench guys, but we only saw five bench guys in this game.
2: Yeah, uh, we didn't obviously notori Craig because of injury, and he's just not in the rotation. <laughs> It's interesting. Um, I, very... I wonder if he's. I wonder if he's going to get in the mix with DJ Wilson and Thanasis for that spot. Maybe. Who knows? I'd hope he at least gets a shot. Like freaking Thanasis yeah. is getting a good shot. Like, come <laughs> on, you can give Tory Craig a shot too. You know.
1: I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, um, before we get before we get too far away, let's talk about the defense. Okay. I think there's there's been moments where we've seen like the same old you know wide open threes. I think there's been moments where they switched it up. Like, we've seen some switching in this game especially. Like, there was one sequence where one. I forget who – I think it was Olenek. Linux, was, like, basically kind of DHOing or popping off. And I couldn't believe it. Brooke Lopez runs up, and the Bucks kind of shift around and cover everything, and they end up blowing it, and Goran Gor Dragic gets a three and nails it, and it was kind of like a nail in the coffin three. But I was like,
2: I'm not mad. Like, they're
1: trying Yeah, they're stuff. trying like,
2: things, and guess what happens when you make those mistakes in the regular season? You don't make them in the playoffs. No, you one, if you're making those mistakes now, you're not losing a playoff series because of it. Yes. <laughs> and yes. two, you can learn from it. Yes. Because now you know what went wrong. And you have time to fix it because your season's not over.
1: Exactly. And I will say I think I don't think this was the first game I saw, that kind of thing. I've maintained all along. Like Burke Lopez certainly at his best in drop. I don't think he's unplayable if you do like if you have him come up for some actions. Like I think he'll do fine. Like I think he'll do okay. His perimeter defense numbers are okay. That's Especially all you need when like, you
2: have like Giannis behind him. Exactly. You still because have Giannis when, usually on the yeah, weak side of this stuff. When um, Brooke comes up, what needs to happen is Giannis needs to rotate into that drop spot. Exactly. exactly. And I think and that's then, what uh, we were, what was happening earlier when we were talking about Giannis and Chris getting into it. Giannis didn't make the correct rotation.
1: But like this is and and you want you want them to mess up now because that's like you exactly. mentioned that's how you learn mm-hmm. and you want them to like get into it like you can see that they cared and they, they what's funny is after that they did fall flat for the remainder of the game which I mean I'm, I'm not drawing long term conclusions from it but I I've seen a lot of positive signs for a two and three record um we also one thing I noticed. Some aggressive double teaming to end this game, which like, sure, the situation kind of called for it, but I do think there's just been much more aggressiveness than we've seen in years past kind of all around. And that's something I wanted to talk about here, maybe to end our basketball part. I know we have to figure out choose your fighter. I think it's my turn. It is. your um, turn. Okay, it is my turn. But from the deflections the steals like i don't know if this is something the team was always going to emphasize i don't know if drew holiday like just brought in this kind of like aggressive intense you energy know what, you or know
2: what? what i hope happened what? i hope like drew in his first like practice or whatever uh, workout with the team i hope he's just like why are you guys not doing this like X. Right. <laughs> like why why just why not And then everyone just looks around, and then everyone just turns to Bud, and then Bud's like, (laughs) I don't know.
1: I guess we can try it.
2: Like, Chris, you're
1: 6'8 with a huge wingspan. Why don't you knock some balls out? Chris is like, "Uh, I didn't know I could. (laughs) Is that allowed? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, I I think, like, I, I don't remember a ton of double teams in like non like fouling situations, but there were like, and you already mentioned like drew picking up guys, full court. Tanassis also does this. Now Tanasis will pick up Goran Dragic at 94 hey, and feet. You know
2: what? If the gets in foul trouble, that's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's okay. In, in the um, grand scheme of things, it's probably for the best. It might be. I'm not. I'm, I'm still. He gets analysis. under his skin, but not through a major rotation player. You know what? <laughs> like, that actually might be his role.
1: That might be. Like, oh, he's just like first he's big so culture fun. guy. I'll say that's that. been talked about a lot. Big culture guy. He brings the work ethic. Good guy to be around. And I know there's a resentment toward him because I. We all know why he got the the initial call. We all know. We don't have to act like we don't know. But an opportunity is an opportunity. I love that he's making the most of it this year.
2: And it seems like the team likes him.
1: I think so, too. I like. Well, I mean, I, how I, could you
2: not like him? Exactly. I, I, like that comes man to smile. Work.
1: Oh, yeah, that, too. He's, he's way better smile than Giannis. Sorry, Giannis. The one thing that Tenasis is way better than Giannis at uh, smiling. But I think he's like, and I know I've said this before, I probably sound like a broken record, totally fine 15th guy. I have no issue. Yeah, it's fine. Like yeah. uh, I just love that people are like, you can't, you can't waste a roster Four-teens spot guy. in the NBA. You can't do that. Like the Heat bounced the blocks effortlessly, and they've rostered a zombie in Udonis Haslam for like five years. You clearly <laughs> shots can. Shots to Nikaias. So, yeah, shots to Nikaias. Um, but you clearly can. It clearly doesn't matter that much. Uh, and I don't know. He's very important to their culture and all that. And I mean, I I joked. I think. I half joked on the Discord that if Tanasis just ends up being the Bucks UD, that's a pretty good outcome. Um, we'll see if he's that impactful. Maybe if they win some chips and he stays around for a while. Maybe we'll, we'll get the. Imagine I don't Giannis
2: know. retires and Tanasis is still on the team. <laughs> for like <laughs>
1: six more years. Yeah. <laughs> 47-year-old Tanasis still coming over. He probably would. He, I oh, think 100%. he loves the he probably
2: still be in great shape.
1: <laughs> probably still go play with the Herd just for – uh kicks i was gonna say a swear word i dodged it just for kicks proud of you thank
2: you we were talking Um, about something I, i guess defense just general defense yeah so it long story short we've seen a lot of different looks which is what i've wanted to see which is why i led this pod by saying that this has been the perfect regular season so far and that we're seeing some changes we're actually seeing variations to the normal Bucks formula of winning regular season games, which we've seen the last two years.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I, like I said, they're like not following the formula anymore. Watching them blow, like switching and bringing the big way up to stop shooters. It was exciting. It was like, okay, we're not, it's not just like letting Kelly Olynyk do this all game. Uh, it's actually like making an adjustment in game in the regular season we just we gotta see it like every game, like switch it up a little bit every game. Like I don't want to see this now. can just be against Miami. <laughs> well, that too. But I, I don't want to see this now, and we get all excited, and then we don't see it again until like March. Like every game, let's mix in some switching. Every and maybe they have, and I haven't charted every possession. Maybe they have, but that's just what needs to happen. Give me,
2: give me access to synergy numbers. <laughs> Let me break Please, it.
1: Please send a synergy. Uh yeah, but overall, like. I think they're gonna look a lot better than they are now as we go. Um, I just, I just, I'm excited. I'm excited to I see know, it all happen. I it's
2: fun. It's fun to, it's fun to watch Bucks games again. In that we're not. I mean, it was always fun to watch Bucks games, but it's fun watching different Bucks games if that makes any sense. In the sense that we've seen the same Bucks game every regular season <laughs> game for the last two years, like 164 it's, of them. It's rejuvenating. It really is, actually. Nature is healing. Nature is healing. I guess we didn't see 82 last year, but... Yeah, we would have. Yeah. Same thing. It was always the same thing. Now we're not seeing that thing anymore. And who knows? Maybe that actually propels them to a title.
1: I I think they're going to have a chance. I think they're going to have a chance. Speaking of their chance... Okay. They're going to have to get through probably a very good player known as Kevin Durant.
2: Yeah, very good. Can confirmed great at basketball. Very good. Applied All to me the on Twitter back, ones. KD.
1: It's very
2: scary. But
1: what's not scary is one of KD's nicknames, and that's the choose your fighter I'm throwing Ooh. at you. Okay. KD, three known nicknames. I,
2: I already know my answer. I,
1: I, I think I do too, but I'm going to have to think about it a little bit. So the one I already alluded to that sucks is the one he gave himself, The Servant. I mean, listen, you can pick it if you want. Zero out of ten nickname. The other two that were bestowed upon him, all-time great nickname. So it's really a choose-your-fighter of two, but I wanted to make fun of the servant. The one I think you're going to go with, Slim Reaper. Just, oh, don't don't answer yet, but an all-time great nickname, perfectly fitting for him. There's another great Kevin Durant nickname that he also rejected, Durantula, which I also think is pretty good. I think it's very good. I think they're both top tier. Like, I think if you went with either of them and embraced it, it would be great. Way better than Donovan Mitchell being Spida for no reason. But, Rohan, you know, choose okay, your Okay, Before,
2: I, I have to admit something really embarrassing. Yes. Uh, I don't know why I'm admitting this. Uh, but Donovan Mitchell's Twitter handle, it's Spida D. Mitchell, right? Uh, I think so. I, I always read it as Spadad. Spider. <laughs>
1: no, I think I did, too.
2: Spadad Mitchell. And then I, I realized I'm, it's oh, no. Spida Donovan Mitchell. You know, I guarantee I
1: literally have, I think it's also his Instagram handle. I have for sure. And I even knew his nickname was Spida until this very moment. I always thought of it in in my head as Spadad Mitchell. That's amazing. Okay.
2: Uh, But I actually, I actually don't hate that nickname, but it's gotta be the Slim Reaper, man. It's gotta be. That's an all time nickname. That might be the greatest nickname of all time.
1: Ooh, spice from Rohana and the pod. It might be. Um I like Durantula a lot, but I'm gonna agree with you. I Slim think
2: Slim freaking Reaper. <sighs> so cool. Oh my god. It's so cool, man. And have it's you seen so there's cool. this Photoshop circulating around to I wish I could credit the person who I saw this from, where it was someone photoshopped like Kevin Durant like you know, like uh walking down the tunnel or something, and they uh photoshopped his shadow into like him in like the oh, Grim that's Reaper. Dope. Oh, it's so good! It's so good because he he is a killer. He is a killer oh, on the yeah. court, and the oh, freaking yeah, Slim death. Reaper. That's a that's amazing. That's that's I, I just, eas- that's the easiest choice.
1: We me. gotta stick with good nicknames like this. I feel like we've gotten away. Greek Freak is good.
2: It's good. It's good. But Not like, as good as is, Slim Reaper. Is, uh, uh, freaking what's his name? Uh, Yorgos Papianis, also the Greek Freak
1: yes it's not well i mean is the
2: Gnosis the greek freak <laughs> in my book yes
1: yeah chris's cash is fine that's fine yeah no i like that if people argue and say his nickname is k mids that's not a nickname that's not no that's just it's like this yeah. stupid like K D A D. like it's fine if you just want to refer to a guy yeah but, but it's not a nickname even the brow is better than ad and the brow also stinks yeah ad is just not marketable He's so good, but, yeah, he's not. Uh, he's just awkward. Yeah. And I feel like he tried no to lean into it.
2: Don't come at me, Lakers fans. He's great. They
1: will. They will regardless. I think he tried to lean into it for a while and really embraced he the brow. that
2: freaking April Fool's Gillette ad where he, like, shaved his unibrow, which no one believed. No, of
1: course not, which is, so like, so weird. But now I feel like he's kind of gone away from it. He's trying to be Lakers cool. I don't think he's very good at that either. No. No. He's and right. I feel like it's going to end up with him just, like, kind of disappearing from... Like, he's just not going to do stuff. He's just going to show up, win a
2: lot of games. Like what and go endorsement home. deals does he have?
1: I think he, uh, didn't he? I
2: actually have no idea. I'm sure does he He, has he some had good Gillette, ones. I guess. I just mentioned that one. I thought he had a Mountain Dew.
1: Maybe. And he has shoes. He has some I know sort Embiid of a shoe has thing. Mountain Dew. Yeah, Embiid definitely does.
2: Embiid has some good ones. Embiid, uh, he's got Hulu, of course. Yep, Hulu is probably his best one. Um, Mountain Dew. What's the other one? Uh, I think it is just Mountain Dew he has multiple Mountain Dew ads. yeah Mountain Dew is aggressive with their spots um, yeah. Joel Embiid is like really unhappy which is great for 76ers offseason like laughing at them <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, d- does Drew Holiday have a nickname? I
2: don't know well, let me check basketball I
1: was going to say we got to pull up basketball ref and see if they gave him something ridiculous
2: basketball reference Okay, sorry if you can hear me typing that's
1: okay. He probably just heard me drink a
2: beer. Ooh. Uh, Jay Hala, the Druth, Awful.
1: No, Kung not. Fu Drew. I don't hate the Druth, but I think we can do better.
2: <laughs> the Druth. Is Kung it pronounced Fu, Druth? Wasn't he one of the ones who was wearing like the ninja headbands? Oh, yes, Before he they was. banned those. NBA let them back. Like, Unbanned the so ninja cool. headbands. Oh, my goodness. It was goodness. him. Wes Matthews was doing it. Jimmy Butler was doing it. It was so cool.
1: That was one of the cool. I was honestly scared for the Bucks because they were getting out cooled by such a ridiculous extent during the headband ninja headband era. I Mike was Scott like, how are they gonna win a it? title? Yeah, it was how are you
2: gonna? You're was not invaded. cool enough
1: to compete. Yeah, that was a good era.
2: Ah, oh, I hate the NBA for banning those. Honestly, one of the worst things they've done. It really is. Like they've done a lot in terms of like pro- player personality stuff. That's bad. That's not a good look. I just don't think it
1: really made any sense. What, it was, like,
2: what, oh, what was the downside?
1: Anti-anime, anti-anime-ism.
2: Yeah, no, they just they wanted to take the cool away. But Kung Fu Drew, I feel like, could be cool. It, like, he'd have to be wearing the headband, I think. I know. It's just, oh, bring him back. Adam Silver, I know you're listening. Bring him back. Hit my line, Adam. Yep. Let me know. Oh, also, tell me why TNT flexed the <laughs> game.
1: I was wondering if we were gonna get it. We can
2: mention that for a couple minutes, I guess. Not I don't, technically think, I don't think there's
1: much to break down. Like it's dunk and people are oh of course they use for readings cause the game was over. There was an NBA record in question that got broken. Yep Like a record got people, broken.
2: People remember when Clay broke the record for threes in a game? People were tuning in for that, even though the Warriors were up like forty on the Bulls.
1: I mean the Kobe's last game which is again is more important I give you but still like I mean that, that actually that was a close game. No, it was the the Warriors secured the last record on a game nobody watched cuz of Kobe's game. That's what it was. But I think yeah, I, I don't know. Here's the thing. This is a point many people have made. It's not my point, but I'm going to share it.
2: It would never happen to the Lakers. No, not a chance. There's no chance that would ever happen to the Lakers. Uh, or the Clippers, or like the Celtics, Nets. Never the Nets. Never would happen. It would never happen.
1: It wouldn't. It's dirty. Show the Bucks, and it's worse because. And this is what really makes me mad. There was a significant amount of Bucks fans I heard from many of them that couldn't watch the end of the game because the, because of where they were located or how they were watching. Like you can't watch the Bucks on League Pass in Wisconsin. So if you don't have Spectrum cable. You can really only watch national games through, like, a streaming service like Hulu Live or YouTube TV, yada, yada, yada. So people watching on those services, or through, like, basic cable or whatever, who don't get Fox Sports Wisconsin, after they cut the game off, they literally couldn't watch their favorite team break an NBA record. That stinks. And that's partially, like, a different NBA problem of, like... Divorce yourself from these cable companies and just sell the rights to the games. what are they doing? They were showing the Warriors and Pistons. I heard that they bounced around from game to game and just let the inside the NBA crew like talk over all of them. It was awful. I didn't see it. It sounds like the worst viewing experience possible. It was awful.
2: I was watching on TNT and I had to switch over to Fox Sports Wisconsin.
1: I cannot think of anything less pleasant than Chuck and Shaq trying to figure out Who's playing for the games oh, that they're
2: they watching. Oh, because they were hyping up Chuck doing who he played for. Oh, yeah, of course. It, because again, the, the, the primary thing that they want to sell is, let's say our top NBA analyst, let's prove how much he doesn't know about the game of basketball and make it funny.
1: Yeah. Uh, the fact that this is like an every year thing that's it's just accepted every now.
2: Year. They have a hall of fame for who he played for. Oh my God. Garrett Temple got inducted. I definitely didn't watch that. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> You're part of the problem. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But, like, I it's also, funny, I also it's don't also turn sad. to Inside the NBA for actual basketball analysis. I turn to actual basketball analysts. I turn to the Eurostat podcast. Always. Always. That's okay. called putting a bow on a segment. It really is. So. Oh my goodness. What an episode. Somehow this is actually. Wow, we kept it lo- shorter than we usually do,
1: and we got to a lot of stuff. I feel like we were disciplined. We were taking the right shots. We were, we
2: were playing our role. We were, well. we were playing. St- we were the Drew Holiday of Bucks Ooh, podcasters today. Yes, you like that high volume, but very efficient. No one had an issue with any of our shots. Nope, except for maybe Lakers fans at me for a second. Oh
1: yeah. yeah, I mean that. that is, I mean that'll happen.
2: Oh well that'll be fun. Um so I guess we can end this episode off and say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This is technically uh hump day. Uh, oh yeah, we'll get it up quick. This is a hump day pod. This is definitely a hump day pod. It's Wednesday, so you know what that means. It's Eurostep Day. Uh Thank you for all the support we've been receiving lately. Uh, Make sure you tell your family and friends about the show. Spread the good word about the show. If you want to hop in our Discord, uh, tweet me or Ty a screenshot of you listening to the pod, and we'll make sure to get you in there as soon as possible. Other than that, make sure you check out all of the great content across the entire Blue Wire podcast network. Stay safe out there, everyone. Happy New Year, and we will talk to you next time.